I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the only show on the internet that says, maybe you don't got to catch them all. And I'm Sebastian. <laughs> you know, every week I hear that theme song and I just want to dance. And I've realized just now what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where we hear George Costanza's answering machine. And believe it or, or not, George is at home. home. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It reminds me of that. Good. I'm Andy Shostak. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex, and I have something to say. (laughs) Um, So, Variety Hour. It feels like a long time since we've done like a real, genuine, normal episode of this. We've had guests on. We had to do a sneaky review last time for the yesterday. It feels like a like it's been a lot. Yeah, since we've actually just come in with three things to talk about. It's scary when we lift the curtain and there's nothing underneath. (laughs) Yep. Pay no attention to the absolute absence of anything behind the curtain. I have some delicious content, ladies and gentlemen. Today I am going to be reviewing the Final Fantasy X HD remake that I've been playing on the Nintendo Switch. That was... Leave the comic (laughs) timing to me, sir. Um, So I'm going to be doing that. Um, What are you guys talking about? Uh, I've been been watching a lot of Deep Space Nine lately, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If you... Watch if you watch if you listen to our review show, you will also know that because I snuck in references to Deep Space Nine from there. So <laughs> it so was insidious. Subtle, but I think <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, generally, YouTube is starting to get very aggressive in their advertising. advertising. Mm. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, and I'm going to talk about the uh, the Netflix series, um, David Letterman's uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. I thought he was dead. So this is a revelation and a half for me. <laughs> Very much alive with a giant bushy beard. Wait, Larry King. No, he's also alive. How are yes. these men alive? They're Jewish. They'll live forever. Forever and ever. Yuck. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about mine. So allow me to get it out of the way. Sure. So I've been replaying Final Fantasy X. It's got the HD remake, which came out years ago, but it was been recently, within the last year, um, re-released for the Nintendo Switch. So I've been enjoying it there. Um, good times had by all. And that's my review. No. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for listening to my TED Talk on yeah. Final Fantasy X. No, it's a great game for someone like me who's going back and replaying it. I played this when it first came out on the PlayStation 2. I've played it again since on... I think I own it on my PS4 and on Steam and now wow. it's again on... PS2 is... Eight, that's like mid-2000s, mm. isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's yeah. 10 years ago at least. It's yeah. a, The game, yeah, it's a bit old now. 
Um, the pack I got came with a couple of other games attached to it, like sequel games, which are full games as well, um, which I'll get to eventually. But right now I'm just playing the core um, main one. Um, it's a sci-fi fantasy as they tend to be in the later years of Final Fantasy. It's actually the first one that the series did with actual voice acting. Up until 10, they were – 2001, by the way, is when it came out. Um, up until 10, they were all just text on screen. Yeah. Um, there still is a bit of that in this game. Like you can't get away without any reading, but um, for the most part, it's full yeah, voice acting. Uh, John DiMaggio's in it as a couple of different roles. Oh. So they did get some, for the American talent, some names for it. Well, yeah. for voice acting names anyway. Um, but all in all, still good, still holds up. Gameplay is solid. Um, a little bit of grinding. It is a JRPG, so – you gotta you have to level up your characters. There's gonna be a point in the game where you just like, all right, before I go in that cave, I'm gonna fuck up some goblins out here. <laughs> and that's currently what I'm doing right now. I'm just I, I'm in a nice little spot where I can do what I want. Just, so I'm just, just training chop, up. Chopping up goblins for the XP. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they wow. actually had a unique level up system for this game. They call it the sphere grid. And I'll try my best to verbally describe it to you, but it isn't a general progression like a thousand XP gain a level. Yes, you you do XP, you do and you do gain effectively levels. But how it works is there's a grid of thousands of circles, and you can move from one circle to another circle in whatever direction that you want along a path. And that way, you can choose: Do I want to move in the direction that gives me a strength point? Do I want to move in the direction ah. that brings me closer to learning a new ability or to up my defense or my health? You kind of dictate what the progression of your character. So every level up you get is actually not a level, it's one movement on that grid. Okay. So effectively, currently three of my characters have maxed up their personal grids. So what you can do is then take them from their grid to another character section on the grid because all the grids are interlaid over each other. So now that Titus, my main character, has maxed out his levels, I've now started him on Waka's grid. So he's now learning all the abilities that Waka learnt from level one through to level whatever. So in theory, you can level up every character maximum seven times. If you wanted to, that's okay. I would never do that. That's a lot of work, but yeah, you're allowed to choose and sculpt how you design your characters. So that's an interesting idea. My white mage character, who's generally a healer, still has strong magic properties. So I finished hers, and now I'm dumping her right in the black magic character circle. So now, effectively, she's an offense character as well as a healing character, as opposed to traditional sense, which you'd just be locked into her being a healer. So you're allowed to micromanage your characters in that way, which can sound very tedious, and yes, it is, <laughs> but. <laughs> If if you're coming back and playing it and you wanted to like you know fuck shit up on your you know on your tenth run, it's quite nice in that way because you're not just stuck doing what the game wants you to do. You actually have a choice. choice. Or at least the illusion of choice. Yes. You are limited to more choices than normal, but still <laughs> limited. But yeah, I'm having a great time. Um plays really well on the Switch. Because it was a PS2 game, it's it looks fantastic, even though the Switch okay. doesn't have it's not the you know highest quality uh, graphics engine built into that thing, but it still looks better than it ever has because, you know, 2018 tech versus 2002 tech. But yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> Highly recommend. Also, it's like 50 bucks. Cool. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's what you expect to pay for a for yeah. a competent game that isn't a new release. Yeah, and like I said, it comes with um, two extra games built onto it as well. One oh. full sequel and one half sequel, which is like a couple of hours. But like I've been playing this game now, this run for about, 50 hours of gameplay and I haven't finished it yet. So that you get a good length of the Final Fantasy games because they're big sprawling stories. And then also I've just hit a point where I'm just deciding to power game it. So it'll take a bit longer if I need it to. I've never played any of the Final Fantasy series. Are they 
open world games where you can enjoy them without following the story, or do you really have to follow the story to? You've got to, to get follow out the story. They, they are story games, so they've changed from like fifteen came out last year, I think it was a year before. Wow! So, and right now they're making a full remake version of Number Seven, which is going to be completely different in gameplay to the original Number Seven from the PS One. Right, but effectively. You, you have a starting point and ending point and you go through it. There always hits a point where in between certain sections you are put onto an open world map in which you can go from like village to village and explore areas and do side, side quests and stuff. And there is a bit of freedom, but that stuff comes later in the game when you're high enough level to not get slaughtered for doing it. Okay. Um, but it is generally on a rail. Like okay. You can like you can always take time to go here or there to train up and stuff, but generally all of the extra content that you can enjoy for a bit of roaming always happens to the latter end. Okay. But these games have always been famously long. Like number seven had PS1 was three discs long. Number eight was four discs. Number nine was three or four discs. Then they hit PlayStation 2 where it yeah. went down to one because then they started moving more into Blu-ray tech rather than- Of course. And stuff like that. Oh, no, DVD, I think, for PS2. But then PS4s around, it's all Blu-rays and stuff. But like <laughs> even now, Final Fantasy VII's remake is going to be on two Blu-ray discs, which is crazy. They're big games. Wasn't couldn't you connect the internet to PS2? Yeah, there was like an adapter for it, but I don't. I never so did. Was it, could you? I mean, PS2 came with a, an awesome hard drive. You, you you could start to install the games on a PS2. I didn't think you could do that on the PS2. I think PS3 you could. Yeah. Uh, was that the I think PS2 okay. was just some games had online capability, but ah, it never okay. really took off here anyway. I know in Japan it was big, but I can't. I could not name a single person I knew that would ever play online with their PS2. No, Australia didn't have um, good, good quality to. broadband until yeah. like the 2010s. Like I used to work at a used game store, and even then, I cannot think of one time I ever had a resurfaced or a resurfaced um, Ethernet yeah. adapter for a yeah. PS2 come in ever. Right. The machine had the the part on the back that you could plug it into, but I never even came across one even with like the piles of junk at that store. Yeah. So not here anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, good time had by all, mainly all Excellent. being me. <laughs> good. Well, I've been enjoying the crap out of Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. I know uh, a lot of Star Trek fans don't like it as much because it's kind of set on the- That's me. I, don't, yeah. I, I was never a huge fan of it, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really under- under, underrated yeah, as, as a story thing. Yeah. <laughs> now, as a as a as a story, as a, as a huge arc, as a you know multiple season long arc of the Dominion War and the character development, I think it's hugely un- underrated. The writing is incredibly competent. It's really subtle where it needs to be. It's really uh, extravagant and 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 very elaborate where it, where it needs to be. And you can analyze the stories deeply if you want, or you can just enjoy them on the surface uh, for what they what they are at face value, and you don't lose any lose any of the content. You can enjoy it at any level, I think. But I'm blown away by how good the writing is. Like just all the just mm. all the character developments, you can you can see the characters grow. Like Kira, for example, who starts off just blindly hating all Cardassians because she's come out of the out of the occupation, she was the resistance fighter, and that's all she did. That is her entire identity, that she was someone who fought against Cardassians and hated them for what they were doing to the Bajorans. But then she starts to grow. She has the encounter with the, in the first season, she has the encounter with the Cardassian um, who has the surgery to look like one of the, one of the concentration camp leaders, 
um, because he's so ashamed that he was he was a coward. And you start to see her understand that the Carnassians are individuals as well. They're not just you know a, a, a blind you know a, a set of genes that you can hate for being for existing what they are. No, they're individuals as well, and they had to make choices. And some of them were good, some of them were bad. Uh, and she starts to get sympathy for individuals mm. and that's good character growth and that carries on through the whole through the whole season and she's just one all the characters have have, have that kind of growth i remember liking a few of the cast members of a few of the characters but not all of them like i like cisco the captain yep good strong character very yeah. different to the rest of the starfleet captains that we get as well like he's yeah. got a very different attitude to him um when chief o'brien came over from next gen i like o'brien i like that he was able to shine in this mm-hmm. um same with wharf i mean wharf already got to shine a little bit in Wolf was one of the characters I like the least. Really, Jake is the one I like the least. Absolutely. Which one's Jake? Because the only ones I like Cisco's are Cisco's son. Oh yeah, he's annoying. He t- he turns more annoying as he gets older. Is it Quark the Frengi? Yes, he's funny. He's great. Um, and Rom, his brother, is great too. Oh, yeah. brother. Sorry. And Odo, interesting character, kind of spockish because he's that really yeah. reserved sort of thing. They, every every Star Trek series has kind of had him though. We had Data for Next Gen. Um, sorry, Odo, and we had Spock. We've got like this kind of yeah. stoic, not quite human in their emotion characters. Yeah, but the characters in Deep Space Nine are less obvious mm. than in Next Gen, for example, where the captain is just the, he's he's Picard, mm. and he's um, he's not always right necessarily, but he's always diplomatic. He never really makes mistakes. Um, he's very competent in in, in what he does. Uh, I and, Cisco- and, and everybody else, Riker's a bit of a rebel and, they, and, and sort of plays into that, whereas there's, there's a lot broader spread of personalities throughout each of the characters in Deep Space Nine. I always felt like Cisco is, he's captain officially, but unlike Kirk, Janeway and Picard, Cisco's he never felt like a captain in a sense, he felt more like, a, like the mayor. As well, he's of like this shitty community, yeah. and he's like, because yeah. he's. I feel like he's constantly being pegged into like this race wars happening within <laughs> the ship. That he feels more like he's just keeping people uh, from killing each other, right? Than from the external threats, which of course do exist. But Picard never really had to deal with his crew going after his crew. No, not, I mean, occasionally, the, yes, thing would happen, but like not for the minority. They were exploring and the threats were always external. Whereas in Deep Space Nine, a lot of it's internal, I find. Yeah. And I do feel like he's generally, I say like the mayor, but honestly, I could even go like the crime lord in a sense because I feel like it's <laughs> a lot of shady dealings to keep people alive, but he's not evil. He just has to resort to less gentlemanly tactics of keeping the peace from He him. ends up being a bit shady and having mm. to deal with the Dominion. Oh, and the very like towards the end, with, yeah. like the war. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, I, I meant like yeah, first couple. And of he has to ago. make a lot of compromises for his own morality and ethics in order to get a result that uh, is is going to benefit a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas Picard absolutely would not do that. Mm. It, you know, the, the story would not be written in a way that he could be compromised. No, he was. This is the way this is going to happen, and we have to find a way to be diplomatic. We have to find a way to uphold the um, the prime directive and my own. Like if there was a crew member on either Picard's ship or on Deep Space Nine that was having like some dissenting storyline, the difference is Picard would talk them around to rejoining the Federation or this person would die as a course of their actions and yeah. and be a lesson for everyone. Yep. Whereas Cisco, I, I feel like he's more likely to stomp them out comparatively. He would just fuck them the right off. To deal with, to yeah. deal with um, Eddington, uh, who was the the traitor who ended up leading the Marquis, to catch him, he ended up irradiating a planet. 
And he was preparing to irradiate a second planet just to, just to catch him, just to have him surrender himself. Mm. Like, Cisco does not take shit. No, he does not. He's Which a badass. Why I think crime lord, in a sense, because I feel like it's, a, it's, it's, it's harsh apt. vigilante justice almost. Yeah, it's, an apt, it's an apt comparison. Yeah. Yeah. He's the empire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, he's weirdly given a lot of authority for his position that other captains don't run away with well, as much. He's a space station captain, <laughs> not, a, yeah. not a ship captain. It's an, it's, an, it's an interesting take though, isn't it? Yeah. But it comes at a time, not only is the Dominion War happening, but there's also the kind of loose alliance with Bajor who uh, are being swept into the Federation but aren't officially a part of it yet. And there's resistance on Bajor to, to become a part of the Federation as well, where he's given a lot of leeway that, Picard absolutely would not be because things are so perfect um, in in Picard's. Even though the timelines kind of cross, but there's no Dominion War in in next gen. It all happens before that, and everything's kind of perfect. There's no real threat. And it needs to be said for a show that is generally towards the bottom of people's preferences for Star Trek. Seven seasons. So yeah. even as a the least loved stepchild of the Star Trek series. It ran for, what, <laughs> three and a half was more seasons than the original season did? Yeah. The original yeah. series? Yeah. yeah. It just, yeah. I actually like Voyager the least. I like Janeway. And um, was, that, was it number two? She was interesting. Like, Voyager I enjoyed for like the first two or three seasons. Oh, and freaking um, in Voyager, they've got the Vulcan as well. Yeah. The, the Spock stand-in. Tubak. Tubak yeah. yeah. Who, once again, they, they always do it. They, 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 they like to have that straight man who just feels nothing in every episode, <laughs> in every season. <laughs> yeah, but Deep Space Nine took a lot of risks, and I think it's underrated as a result of that. It's, it's a lot richer a, a, a world than any other Star Trek has been. Right. Sorry, I haven't said much because I don't know much about it. Well, so. then it's your turn it's on to Netflix, shine, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, all the Star Treks are on Netflix. Oh, there you go. So I that's it. I'm going to get myself a net. No, I do have Netflix. <laughs> I think if, you, if it's a good jumping on point, I'm pretty sure the first one or two episodes actually has some next-gen cast doing a bit of a handover. I think, is it Picard or Rikers in the first episode? Because they're assigning um, Cisco to the ship. Not in the first. I mean, O'Brien's in it from the very beginning. No, I swear there's like a next-gen people- like the not Enterprise, in, I, not in the first one, I don't think. No, uh, if, if you go to know. the episode, even in the picture, is the Enterprise. Well, it's not the Enterprise, is it? It's just a galaxy it class starship. No, Picard's in the episode. Is it? no? Yeah, in the emissary. Yeah. Oh bloody hell! Okay, well, there you go. That, that's my the last time I tried to watch. I tried to jump on a season Seb, episode that's one, like 150 episodes ago for well, me. I don't bloody know. I can't remember that far back because they're, they're how many episodes in, the, in a season. There's 173 episodes overall. Oh, wow. Season These one are, had 19. American 26. seasons, they're 20, 24 episode, 26 episode seasons. Yeah. And how long The they first one is the exception. 19 for the first one. Yeah. The rest seem to be 25 to 26, depending yeah. season to season. And how long are the episodes? Like an hour? 40 minutes. 45 minutes. Oh, 45 minutes. Yeah. Wow. It's a, proper, it's a proper show. Oh, no, and, I knew it was a proper show, a, but like I didn't. And a very rich yeah. universe as far as the story writing is concerned. Okay. And they get religion right. They get religion and political tension right in a way that Next Gen never really mm. it touched on but never really got its teeth into. Well, yeah. the fact that one of the main characters is a Ferengi, which is yeah. just this slimy fucking scam artist. Ah, uh, but he's got a heart of gold. Is that the guy that wore the brown suit? Oh, I couldn't yes. tell you. Yeah. No, yes. Odo wears the brown suit because he oh. wears he wears the Bajoran security uniform. This is uh, this is the Ferengi I'm talking about, the big ear boys. Oh yeah, 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 with the brow. Yep. Yep. 
with the big boy the brow. ears. <laughs> like that's the part you go to, the brow, not the giant ears. The brow. You know the well, elephants? Well, no. The elephants, the ones with the big floppy ears. <laughs> no, and then the ears that connect to the brow. I know, the ears I know. and the brow. So I just realized, you know giraffes, the ones with those tiny nubs on their heads? <laughs> Got him good, mate. And there's very distinctive fangs for tigers. Yeah? That's <laughs> yeah, the first thing I noticed. <laughs> so, Alex, sorry, I'm, I'm being, not sorry. That was yeah, very sure. funny. I'm being cruel, yeah. unnecessarily cruel. No, very funny. Um, Alex, <laughs> see the jerks that I have to work with. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to talk to you all about a show on Netflix. Um, it's David Letterman's. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. So you do have a Netflix subscription. I, I do. Uh-huh. Why, well, there do you we go. not know that he did? I thought- Get on to Deep Space Nine straight away. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Excuse wow. Me. I'm just looking it up and the thumbnail for my next guest needs no introduction is just, I mean, the, you could tell me this was a Christmas movie because it's just a <laughs> yeah. close up of his face with glasses yeah. and a white beard. Yeah. But wow. it, it, is, it is surprisingly good. He has- Genuine, like so. It's it's David Letterman um, in a hall, like with a live audience. Um, oh, okay. And he sits down with whoever his guest is. I think from the latest season, it would be Ellen DeGeneres. Um, that episode was my favorite. Mm. Um, so he sits down, and it's just him asking questions, like just just having a chat, and like. Ellen was on his show at, like at the very start of yeah. her career and like seeing the the development of Ellen like going through um like coming out as gay and then having no one want to pick her up um yeah and once that happened like, oh yeah and it's just it's fascinating the the way he goes about asking questions and he just he gets to the point so does and it does it feel like an interview because of the audience, or does it still feel like a conversation? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, it's definitely interviewy. Like the the one with Kanye West is definitely interview because Kanye he's, <laughs> he's not a person. He's just <laughs> he's just an image. <laughs> um, and it's it's like there are there are a couple of strange ones, like a couple of the the guests on the last season I skipped because I don't know who they right. are or have no interest in them. Right. But generally they're they're great conversations and interviews. Um okay. and then um he'll like he went to uh Ellen's studio at Warner Brothers or Universal where whatever the um wherever she films her show. Um and like they they go around like they have like cut in bits like throughout the episode and, and things. But um so highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, I it's it's great. Like and like we put it on during dinner and like it's it's and, and you just find out things in a different way and it's just the way David Letterman works. Like he's just yeah. like So is it fascinating? Is it is is it a long form com- like is it's is it like just a, them talking? It's not edited down? Uh it is edited. Okay. But it for the for the most part it's like just a long Okay. Conversation. It says here they're about an hour apiece. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's it's a full show for the yeah. people. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it would go for like two hours. Right. In um in live. Because those things those things are so fulfilling. Because when you're having when when you have the time to explore a person's life in a long conversation yeah. like that, 
you go to a lot of places that you just wouldn't in a 10-minute interview. Yeah. And so like um, he asked her one question and she was in, in the middle of oh, – the, in the Ellen DeGeneres yeah. one and then like – she was in the middle of like setting up to answer the question and he's like, hang on, hang on, tell me about that. Yeah. And so it's like tangent and then like half an hour later he's like, now let's go back to (laughs) the first question that I asked you because I I want to know about that. You need to tell me that. And she's like, well, okay. (laughs) I can go through a brief little cast list of who he's had on. I mean, I don't know if these guys all had full episodes featured to them, but I haven't haven't watched any of these, but I've watched a few of – uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedian in, in the first episode. Coffee. Yeah. Oh, is he? He okay. interviews Letterman in the first episode. Right, okay. but that's yeah. They, I mean, they're much shorter compared. Like they're only fifteen or twenty minute episodes. Oh, I actually don't like Seinfeld. He kind of strikes me as a bit of a cunt. Have you seen any of comedians? I've not seen that show, but watch I'm it. avoiding it because it's, I think he's a no, jerk. No, no, watch it because you you kind of get a glimpse of who he is, okay. and I can see how he would come off as a jerk. Um, but you know, he's yeah. he's fine. He's just wants, of- to, just wants to go about his own business. Yeah. And I'm sure he gets bothered by people in weird situations. And yeah. as friendly as you can be, you do reach a limit. Mm. Um, but those things are 15 or 20 minutes long, very edited down. But the conversations usually centre around just a few topics yes. and not necessarily on how people got started. It, sometimes it's just about their opinion. About, like the one he does with Bill Burr, they talk about comedy and stand-up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's interesting to hear the conversation. You know the conversation was broader because yes. they're they're moving between a lot of different places, and there were things said that aren't included in the show. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, but it's still it still feels like they're really talking to each other rather than Jerry yeah. interviewing somebody specifically yes. for for a show. The John Mulaney episode. I'm yet I, to see that one. Oh, I like yeah. I like John it, Mulaney. It's a, it's a good okay. one. Okay. Okay. I I I love John Mulaney as well. There's. All right. A classic, uh, one of his stand-ups. So, uh, Jess, my wife, um, on I think it was one of our first dates. We sat down. And we watched um, this. Uh, I forget what the the name of his stand-up show was, yeah. but um, there's this one part, and he's like, "And I met this guy, and he goes." I am gay, I have AIDS, I am homeless, and I am new in town. I'm new in town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just the way he does it is just spot on. And like, I just, so yeah, that, that episode with John Mulaney, okay. I, I quite enjoyed because okay. of, yeah. I'd, I yeah. might watch that on my way home. So, yeah, it's, um, so yeah, this David Letterman one is really good. Um, he had- Okay, I might check that out too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's interesting. It's it's a different format um, to good. what you're used to, but yeah, very good. Well, I'll be sure to watch it on Netflix because if I watch mm. it on YouTube, it'll be front ended and back ended and oh. middle ended with back to back ads. Ads, yeah. What like has the, happened? E- even the middle ads, like what is, it, what it, yeah. it'll, it'll play like a, a ten second ad that you can't skip, yeah, and then it'll play another ad that you can skip. When did oh. that? When when did the two ads in a row start? because oh, it must have been in the television. last month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's so frustrating too. Yeah, good. I'm glad it's not just yeah, me. It, it's, <laughs> it is irritating as hell, especially when I get like maybe 20 minutes before I go to sleep to generally watch a, a YouTube show that yep. gen- like comes out daily or you know something like that, and then I'm half the time is taken up by these 
bloody ads that yep. well, ads for products and companies that you have absolutely no idea yeah or the interest are. in yep. or it's some political crap that yep. just, oh my god Clive <laughs> fucking Palmer <laughs> oh I got hit with an ad that was 27 minutes long I was like who's this doing is, this this is him delivering a speech yep, yep. yep. and it was an ad yep, yep. skip thank oh, you I'm oh not, my goodness I'm not even gonna give the courtesy of 30 seconds so that people get paid no just skip that one straight away and like the little hooks they try to give you at the beginning of some of them to like ooh get you interested and like I never saw myself as a Clive Palmer voter until now I'm like oh fuck <laughs> off well you know what I still don't skip yep <laughs> yeah I, didn't, I never thought I was weak minded until <laughs> it's like, all right yeah. oh yeah no they're getting they're the double ups are yeah, yeah. so th- thank you YouTube for ruining your own platform yes yep. great I, I've, I won't even get into the political you know choices that they're that they're making all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to bookend this with fuck YouTube. Let's do it. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, socials. We have them. Instagram. <laughs> Check us out Correct. on Instagram. Yes, we do. At Second Take Podcast. If you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Or go to Facebook where everyone lives. Um, Second Take Podcast on Facebook. Sure. <laughs> um, you can email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com and you can go to our website, secondtakepodcast.com. Three years of content, motherfuckers. Go find it. Unless you're listening to this a year from now, then there's four years worth of content. It just keeps on growing. Yep. <laughs> Have That's a- what she said. Go off the girls. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a con. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.